John Pettipods, let's get to it. How's everyone doing? All right, I'm alive. Yeah, driving. All right, let's go. Uh, everyone's doing good for finals too, or any, any update on that? Or um, I've got two finals. I've got one on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've got one on Monday, so I'm gonna be here for the weekend. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking at it from the perspective that I have a lot of time to study, so I'm not yeah. mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just trying to get through. I'm, I'm ready for winter break at this point, but... Um, Any plans for winter break, Kevin? <sighs> I don't know. Just hanging out with the fam and just chilling, you know, so... And overaction. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get into the Patriots. Um, Pats lost 23-16. to 16. I think that could have been a little bit better, you know, towards the end of the semester. Like, Pats could have won, you know, ended up on the uh, on a good note, I guess. But they didn't end up looking too good yesterday, guys. So. Yeah, I mean, well, there's one way that we can look at this game, which we'll get to eventually. But I think that the most important thing that we need to talk about is that the 
is that the running game of the Patriots has been absolutely brutal. Sony Michelle, only five attempts for eight yards this past game. His snap counts have been going down as the weeks have progressed. So I don't know if we're seeing the team losing confidence in Michelle or if we're seeing just a new or, – or if they're resting him for the playoffs, a la kind of what they did last year or what they did early in the year with Burkhead, giving him more time to come back after his injury. I think something that is, like, important to point on is that once people are all out on the Patriots, that's mm-hmm. when they really thrive. And I think after last night, a lot of people jumped ship. Yeah. So next week, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 40 and just stomp, you know? No, absolutely. Against Cincinnati, too, like, probably the worst team in the NFL. Well, there's nothing else to expect other than to put up 40 against Cincinnati, because Cincinnati, as you said, is the worst team in the NFL. If but, you don't put up 40 against them, I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah, then you've got real problems. And I think that'll be kind of telling, like, if next week's game is, like, 21 to 7, let's right, say. Right, yeah. Then I'm, legi- then I'm legitimately worried. Right. But I'm confident. I think Brady will figure something out. I think Nikhil Harry will be good. Yeah, I, th- I felt like this game for the Chiefs was huge just because there were some questions about Patrick Mahomes, you know, in his injury history this season. Um, the Chiefs have been really reached the expectation that I thought they were going to have in the regular season this year. Um, but they looked like the team that we saw last year, for sure. I mean, they, they look like they're they're ramping up, with especially, you know, with the win last night, but on the road. Well, the last time I was here, we, we kind of got into this game a little bit prematurely, but we talked about how it was it was all going to come down to whether the like Patriots defense could shut down their offense and yeah. just let them get too far. I mean, yeah, the refing was like questionable, but the Patriots have had so many calls go their way for so long that I don't understand. I mean, yeah, like don't get me wrong, it was a bad call, and fans have a right to be upset. But they've had so many. I mean, as a Jaguars fan, I can say that Miles Jack call. Come on, like that's right. after the Super Bowl. But right. that like. Yeah, I just we, we talked about that last time, and I, I think that genuinely they just needed to shut them down a little bit more than they did. Yeah, I agree that it's tough for Patriots fans to complain because it we've gotten all the calls over the last 20 years, so there's that part of it. But right. at the same time, it's the fact that it's not like there was one call that decided the game. It's the fact that two touchdowns got over basically right. swiped from our hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there were just really clear plays. And then the pass interference late in the game, I mean, it's it's the fact that everything was so blatant mm. and it was like completely black and white and the fact that they still couldn't figure it out, that's what made it so nauseating and really impossible to swallow. What do you guys think in terms of, you know, over the past few weeks there's been some questions about, you know, who's catching from Tom Brady, right? Like Tom Brady's targets, you know, are they the worst we've seen in the past decade? You no. Know? And you know, there's there's been this debate where it's like, all right, Brady's so good. He's the greatest of all time, but he's also had such great targets this year. He doesn't have the targets. Does this prove that Tom Brady's more of a systematic quarterback? No. Here's what I have to say about that. I remember the year that Danny Amendola came there from the Rams off of a clavicle injury. It was the same year that Julian Edelman went to that team. And people were like, who the heck are these receivers that Tom Brady is going to be throwing to? And now they are household names. This is nothing new for them. Brady and Belichick are known for going out there and getting guys who, you know, might 
just be heading out of their prime but aren't out of it yet on a one or two year deal because they want to win a Super Bowl and that's what they've been doing since they were together and I think that that's exactly what they're going to do they might go out and sign someone quick I don't know they might Tom, Tom Brady has to make throws and make plays the offensive line needs to step up and at the end of the day they're the Patriots and it's going to come down to coaching and Tom Brady playing how he needs to play yeah I think it falls along the offense more so because the O-line can't protect them like you're expecting Shaq Mason to be one of your best offensive linemen all year how he was the past few years and he has just put up a goose egg he's done absolutely nothing to help the team anything's better than marshall newhouse though and he marshall well, newhouse, marshall newhouse had one, a mistake in the game he's on the one who caused who, who caused the block field goal he just let him walk right through the man is a revolving door but other than that the receivers they don't have much i guess to work with other than you you draft you drafted to kill harry for a reason Put him on the field. He was only out there for two plays. Come on. Put him out there. There's a point we're all missing right now. It's injuries. Muhammad Sanu's had the ankle injury he's been nursing all year. Um, Rex Burkhead was out for a while with the... I don't remember what what exactly it was, but he had an injury he was dealing with. Matt Lacoste was dealing with an injury for a majority of the season. You had Ben Watson suspended for the first four games of the year. You add on to that, um, Nikhil Harry... Their running game doesn't look as effective either. No, it doesn't look as effective. And that's something that Brady's had as a security blanket over the past few years where, okay, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the targets, but Sony Michelle put up numbers last year. Well, and, like, the year before that or two years before that, LeGarrette Blount was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns, right, where Tom Brady was getting older, but he had the backfield to rely on. The bat, they look ineffective, in my opinion. Like, Sony Michelle, over the past five weeks, just sort of fell off the face of the earth, hasn't done anything. Uh, James White, typical James White numbers, you know, sort of the receiving back. He's kind of more of Tom Brady's security blanket, but I don't know. I think their running game's not looking too good right now. That's what I was just going to say is, you know, James White has really stepped into, like, almost that, like, what you expect to be like that starting back role. And he's really helped Tom and relieved him, especially since Sony's not playing as well. But they also have Damian Harris. Like, put put him in. They yeah, need to play him more. You I know. know. He went to Alabama. He's played under Saban. Put him in the game. If it's not working, change it up, honestly. But, you know, I get, I get why Patriots fans are frustrated, you know, especially our generation being an outsider that's not from New England living in New England. I, you guys have been so lucky to grow up in this sports culture that I understand why people are upset because – you guys expect championships at this point, right. you know, and any season less than that is a disappointing season yeah. for you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a funny thing to bring up because I do feel like as a Boston fan, you know, whenever we are short of a championship, we do kind of start babying about it, you know. Um, but, I mean, this team is still, still one of the best in the league. It's just it's not the Patriots that we expect them to be. I want to get back to James White for a second. And, like, we're talking about him as a number one back. He simply has not been that. Aside from his 79-yard rushing performance against Houston where we lost, the dude hasn't gone for above 40 yards this this entire season, and he's only gone above 30 yards twice. And And yet he's still your most effective runner this year. Exactly. And it's just you can't win like that without a running game. I get it. He's always going to be productive in the receiving game. But at the same time, he's had a couple of games where he's had a total of you know, 50 or less yards. And it's because of the blocking. There's no one really blocking for him. Yeah. Like, Rob Gronkowski, that loss, 
bigger at blocking than receiving. But Devlin being injured too is Devlin, huge. Devlin Devlin's like huge. probably might be the most crucial loss. Belichick went on the record year. saying that the Devlin loss was almost ir- borderline irreplaceable. Um, another thing I want to talk about, like we touched upon, Nikhil Harry, um, one catch for twelve yards last night. You know, I know there was a controversial call whether it should have been a touchdown or not, um, but. He's got to get involved more, in my opinion, just especially since you cut a guy in Josh Gordon who is heavily, heavily like involved Look, in this I, Patriots offense. I, I hate to interrupt Harry you, to Kevin. I hate to interrupt you, but Josh Gordon's over the hump. He's done. He's done nothing with the Seahawks. There's a reason why they cut him, and it wasn't because they wanted to kill Harry back. They cut him because he's ineffective. And if there's someone on the I, Seahawks roster that you would like to have that you cut, it would be Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister has been I'm one not, of the most effective tight ends for them. In terms, love to have in terms of right now, Josh Gordon isn't putting up like great numbers with the Seahawks, but you can't argue he was not like he was really efficient with the Patriots. You you also have to take into consideration that he was a cancer on that team and in that locker room. He he was he had zero motivation. If you can't, you are making millions and millions and millions of dollars as a professional athlete and you can't stay off the weed, that's, that's, you're letting your team down, you're letting your fans down, you're letting the city but down. But he didn't have that issue with the Patriots. It, it's, I, th- I think that he was genuinely a cancer in that locker room, and that's why he's gone in Bill Belichick's system. Yeah, I agree. We don't have the hard evidence that he was, like, smoking weed or whatever while he's with the Patriots, but the fact that they cut him definitely means that there's something there, and... Yeah, Kendra, I agree. I, I thought I, I, it was like we didn't. We seemed like he was doing better than he was in the past, but there's just something there that always seemed fishy with his whole tenure with the Pats. And like Kevin, you say he's productive. I'll read you his game log with the Patriots. First game, short, seventy-three yards and a touchdown. Second game, only nine. Short, seventy-three yards and a touchdown. Second game, only 19 yards. His third game, 83 yards. Good. Then his second two games, 46 and 59 yards. And then his last game with the Pats, one catch for seven yards. I get it. He had the injury. And then he goes to play with the Seahawks. And the dude is averaging, where is it, 20 yards per game? Well, I mean, he's also the number three three option there. And he's got to go learn a whole new playbook and everything. So you have to take that into account. But also... With the addition of Nikhil Harry, you thought Nikhil was just going to jump right into the Josh Gordon role, or at least Muhammad Sanu. Well, you have to understand with Harry that he's still a rookie wide receiver. All right, so and his and his beginning of his rookie season is accelerated to this to week ten or whatever it is that he came back. When guys like I don't know Jacoby Myers, for example, he got an earlier start, yep. hence him looking better now. Yep, but you still have like guys like Muhammad Sanu, who you traded a second round pick for. While Emmanuel Sanders being traded for a third, third and fourth round pick, Emmanuel Sanders put up almost 200 yards yesterday, and he like you. I don't know how you just give up on Emmanuel Sanders and then go for Muhammad Sanu and only get one reception out of him. Here's another thing that I would like to take into consideration here. Think of the Patriots' defense the first couple weeks. How many? fumble recoveries, turnovers, touchdowns they had, how much they were contributing to the score. A lot of the teams that they have been playing in recent weeks when the offense has been struggling honestly aren't that impressive to me. And when you know that your offensive line sucks, you have no receivers, your run game is strong, Tom is struggling because he's old, and 
something's going on, you would expect to be able to rely on a defense that was so strong in the beginning of the year and what is debatably the best defense in the league, and I feel like they're not producing the same way. I will tell you exactly why that is. We had the easiest schedule in football the first eight weeks. Now we're facing real competition. Now the real defense is showing for what they are. You held Kansas but, City to 24 points. I which think is still good. I think that's pretty good. And it's still and you've good, only yeah. let up, You've only let up big game, big games to Deshaun Watson and um, Lamar Jackson. And those are very legit quarterbacks. So. All I'm going to say is whether you guys agree with Josh Gordon or not, he was a target to throw to. Like, he wasn't... He was a name. He wasn't something great, but... He had the trust of Brady Patriots somewhat. Need, Patriots need a target right now. Like they need to, they need to make a move at, at wide receiver because Nikhil Harry isn't getting as involved or get, isn't getting the volume I expected him to be getting with the Patriots at this point. Um, I know it's still early on, but so you want to talk about how they need to make moves, right? In in a perfect in a perfect world, what would you want them to do right now? Who would you want them to go get? A B. You, you don't you, you talk about Josh Gordon being a cancer in the locker room. Bring him into your team with Bill Belichick. It's already happened. And, no, I know, but yeah, no, he's, no, I, he's gone for a reason. He's but, not coming back. No, he's, I, he's not. I know back it's a long shot, but I just think. Talk about a distraction this time of year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they need someone to throw to. Like Edelman can't be the only one. Kevin, like we don't have that same leverage as we used to. Kevin, you know who I think you'd like with with the name swirling around right now. Des Bryant, torn Achilles. That was last year, but Des Bryant still hasn't. Still hasn't recovered. What do you mean? It it doesn't take. No, a, that was this year. Wasn't that earlier this year? No, it was with the Saints last year. Last either Saints, way, he would have been signed to a contract if he was fully I think recovered. Is he, I thought he still was with the Saints, right? For no, they, they, they let him go. Know. He was only on there for like a one year deal for the playoff run, and then who was it that was saying it. that they wanted Michael Crabtree? Oh. No, thank you. Yeah, Kevin Lardy take. It may have been. That was a Kevin Lardy take. So maybe he's the maybe he's the answer now. I don't want either of those guys, but I don't know. I just, Michael I just Crabtree like Kevin like one of them. He's a good deep threat. Yeah, right? four years ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, if the Arizona Cardinals, let's say Marquise Colston, he's a good deep said, threat. No, thank you. Then Actually, I would love that because my fantasy team name is Colston's crib, but that's another topic. Um, I'm gonna say, listen, whether you guys think. Like, do you guys think the Patriots need to make a move at wide receiver? Like, what's the problem right There's now? There's nothing. Is it really Tom do. Brady being old, or is it the targets that Brady's throwing to? Are they just not stepping up? Like, whose fault is it going to be? Because it can't go both ways. I think it's a combination of a couple things. I think it's the fact that Tom Brady is getting up there, um, as great as he is, and as cool as it is to see someone playing at his age, he's obviously not as spry as he used to be. He has no one to throw to. Their O-line sucks. Their running game isn't producing. It's just, it's a combination of things. And I think that it's being blown out of proportion by the media because it's Boston, because it's the Patriots, because this is such a sports culture. If this were any other team, we wouldn't even be talking about this for this long. You know what I mean? So who do you guys see in the AFC Championship? Do the Patriots Patriots still make it that far? Yeah. I you still have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, so. I like I said already before. I think it's rigged. I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady's going to retire on top. And I think I, I I think that at this point it's going to be the Ravens, but I'm scared that they are peaking too soon. I'm scared of the Ravens. I think they're peaking too soon. And now. and a few weeks back we were talking about this. I'm scared of the Chiefs too, like for obvious reasons. Like 
I just can't count out Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Nicole Hardman. I mean, their defense isn't that strong, but their offense is so Their running game is not that strong, too. Their running game isn't the same. And me and Cam talked about that last week where going into this going into this Sunday's game, you know, that was another aspect that the Patriots had to worry about last season with Kareem Hunt. And, you know, that was just a whole nother dimension to their game, right? Because you, then you have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt. Those are three of the best offensive players in football at the time. And, like, it's just so hard to focus on all three. Last, yesterday, you could say with the officiating, whatever, Patriots didn't act with a stronger defense, supposedly, this year. They should have been able to manage the Chiefs' yeah. offense. They I think they did for they the most did. part. I mean, Spencer uh, Ware didn't really do that much. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. You're gonna you're gonna give up points, and it's just a matter of Ben don't break. And mm-hmm. I thought they did that pretty well, only giving up 24 points. That's something that you should be able to get to as an offense. 24 points. Uh, I'm gonna throw in a sleeper here too. Um, it's a time of year where you're playing a lot of divisional matchups, and mm. obviously the AFC South is garbage, and I think the Texans are getting good at the right time. Mm. And I think the Tex- can, Texans could potentially make it pretty far. I think te- Texans just got blown Wait, out. Yeah, uh, they just got blown out by the Broncos. So, so I, I mean, it's, Kendra, explain yourself with that Broncos yeah. game. I, I mean, you know, games happen. You know, like, things things happen. Occasionally you're going to drop a game to a team that you shouldn't. That's just how she goes. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't go. But that's just how she goes. And the Texans don't have a really tough schedule coming up. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head who they're playing, but I know that they're going to play the Jags again. I know they're going to play the Colts again. They're probably going to be pretty healthy. They might get a bye. And I, I, I think that if they continue to get better, yeah, yesterday was not a good time, but their season could really go up from here. I think... So if it's between the Chiefs and the Texans, one of those two teams, who do you guys think? Who are you more afraid of if you're a Patriots fan? I'm more afraid of... I'm going to say the Texans for one reason, and that's because Andy Reid is the most notorious bad big game coach in the history of pro sports. If anybody can butcher the last few minutes of a game, Andy Reid's done it. Literally every single situation he's been in. And I think that if the Patriots score one of those two touchdowns that was brought back by the refs, we'd, we'd be in a situation where that would have been the case. Patriots would have come out on top. I'm just saying it. So based solely off that reason, I'd go with the Texans. But if you were to ask me for, from a roster standpoint, I'd probably say the Chiefs. I'm a little more f- afraid of the uh, Mahomes-Kelsey-Hill combo. And I think their defense... I mean, ever since the Texans lost Watt, not really as good, so. I mean, I'd have to say the Texans just because of how badly they beat you. And I think Bill O'Brien knows what you're trying to do, knows what Josh McDaniels is trying to do, and knows that they're trying to force the ball to Julian Edelman or James White. And they pretty much neutralized both of them until when it, whenever it was garbage time in the game and James White started to catch some balls. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw the Texans' remaining schedule at you guys. This this is pr- they're probably gonna get a bye this weekend. That means the Patriots have to lose one of these three. Yeah, games. Yeah, and they're so. going to they're going to the Patriots will lose one more game, I believe. To who? The, to, to, to Miami. To, to Miami. Uh, I, you know what? To the Bills. The at Patriots home? always play like crap against Miami, though. Always. Yeah, but at home. I, I 
I don't know. They all they never play well. They, they, like Miracle they, and they, Gillette. They, they, like, they, play, they play like that in Miami. You guys see they're bringing back like the Miracle in Miami like one year ago. Like, Here's they the really Texans had to schedule. do that. Like, they have the Bucks this weekend, or they have the Titans this weekend, the Bucks next weekend, and then the Titans again. I, I think... The Titans, I want to get in the Titans. T- I want to get in the Titans in, in a little bit. Um, yeah, I Kevin, think they're Kevin's a big round. I think guy. they're a dark horse in the AFC. All right, I just got to tender. I'm sorry, the Dolphins. I mean, come on! You're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and or Josh Rosen beating the Patriots. They don't even I, have Minka Fitzpatrick anymore. I, I get it. They won three see, games by the Bills. I can see that the Bills being a could happen because the Bills have the one of the best defenses in football. But it's Bills? in Gillette, so it's different. Usually, yeah, they, this, they already beat them in Orchard Park. Exactly. Usually, at this point of the year, I'm sort of like, okay, like wrap it up. Patriots. AFC matchups. Yeah, it I'm up starting here, to think yeah. playoffs at yeah. this point. Um, the Dolphins beat the Saints this year, okay, and the Saints are a lot better a than the Patriots game. right now. Hey, it, it, this could be too. This could yeah. be too. Like, yeah. doubt it. it <laughs> you guys are such Patriots fans. It's it's awesome. <laughs> but come on, right. you're, you're saying Miami's say... gonna beat New England? No. Wait, the Saints? Right. No, I don't even think I can see the Saints. I could see the Bills. No. The Bills could be a really good matchup. I'm scared of the Bills' defense. Miami, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't think like at Gillette too. I mean, it's not happening. Good, but no, it's. I think it's not. If you want to be a competitive game, sure, but. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm gonna call you. After. Oh, we can FaceTime. We'll Twitch live stream this game or something, oh, and yeah. you and I, you and I can go at it. We'll go at it, boys. All right. Um, no, what about more Wild Chat Sports content? I like yeah, that. no, that <laughs> is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. Um, former Dolphins quarterback Ryan Tannehill killing it with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think the Titans are a dark horse in the AFC. I I don't care what Ryan D- Tannehill did with Miami. I know he wasn't the most impressive stint there. Um, he brought him to the playoffs. He is playing outstanding, like with with Tennessee right now. I mean, some of the games he's been able to win. Granted, I know you have to take this with a grain of salt against the Oakland Raiders, not the best team in the NFL. But Tannehill's gotten some big wins, and and yesterday he threw for three touchdowns, three hundred ninety-one yards. Uh, Derrick Henry, you guys, I mean, people are talking about MVP. Honestly, I I put Henry over McCaffrey right now. Oh, McCaffrey's falling off a little bit. I might take Henry over McCaffrey. Over the past five five weeks, Henry's gone off. He's had crazy numbers. Can I rant for a second? (laughs) I I, I I know I'm getting roasted. I I need to get this off my chest. Is it roasting Kevin? I'm in. No, I already, I already know it's coming. No, no, here. no, I'm not I'm not roasting Kevin at all. I'm actually just complaining about Derrick Henry for a second. Thank you. I love him as a player. He's so much fun to watch. You guys know I went to Auburn. Like, I hate Alabama, so I hate their players when they go to the NFL for the most part, unless they're just stand-up guys. But he is from my hometown, and he has a career game every time he plays the Jaguars. He goes off. Last year, he had that 99 yeah, yards. Yeah. Every time. he, You know, he's quiet through the season, and every time he comes home or every time we play them, right. he plays so well, and it just rips my heart out. Because, yeah. I, you know, him and I, I think, are a year apart. I remember watching him in high school, seeing all his highlights, him getting recruited and all that stuff. I was at Auburn while he was at Alabama, and we did not. We only won one Iron Bowl. While I was there, yeah. and he just continuously rips my heart out, season after season, no matter where he is. 
I thought I thought you were gonna bring up some like dirt on Derrick Henry. I was excited to hear a story I hadn't heard before. Like the hometown thing, like that's always what comes to my mind when I hear that. But I don't know. I think Derrick Henry's pretty good. Derrick Henry, <laughs> but I'm just but to doing go back to, some doing some math right now. Just so. to go back to Tannehill for a second. I just want to point out over his last four games, nine touchdowns, one pick, passer rating of a pro football reference passer rating of 144.2 near perfect pretty damn impressive yeah do, do last you, do you see that one throw or it was he had oh, like the, an, the bomb the 93 yard bomb you see him stand yeah. in there take the hit and just lay it perfectly yeah he's looking perfectly i can't deny he's looking impressive i'm still skeptical having seen his dolphins career though and with aj brown too i mean you mentioned you know some of these big plays that Tannehill, you know is really showing that he can do. You know, I didn't even know he had the arm that that he's been showing off with, with Tennessee. I mean, yeah. Um, A.J. Brown, five receptions, 153 yards, two touchdowns yesterday. Um, going back to Henry, I, I don't know if you guys want to wrap up on this, but I'm just going to put this out there. Last five games, six touchdowns, 600 yards. I have two more points. One, Derrick Henry has to be the biggest running back in the NFL right now, right? He's six yeah, probably. Four, like probably like two sixty. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm... last time, at least in my lifetime, in the games that I've like since I've really cared about football, yeah, a quarterback that we've seen have the career like Ryan Tannehill has, you know, you know, he's had some moments to shine on a couple teams, but he's predominantly been a backup, and now all of a sudden he's finding success, and I think that that's awesome. But I, I genuinely can't think of a success story like that. It, can you guys? Well, I mean, he did all right in Miami. He brought them to the playoffs. He was their starter. And, and I remember, what was I think it was like 2017 or maybe 2016, whatever. He was supposed to, they, they had a lot of hype around yeah, him. He no, was I supposed remember. to be like the guy. And, and then when, I think they played like Pittsburgh in the wild card game or something. And he got planted. And they had to bring in... What's, what was his backup? Like, Matt, Matt, oh, Moore. Matt Moore? Matt Moore. Well, he's yeah. with the Chiefs now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just remember him being successful there, and then yeah. uh, that was the basically the end of his Miami Dolphins career. Right. As, as we knew it. And yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I'm pretty happy to see him be in Tennessee because I don't like Mar- Marcus Mariota, and I want to see I, Mike yeah. Vrabel succeed. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Mike Vrabel succeed, too. There's been so much drama with the quarterbacking in the AFC South this year. I mean, when yeah. Andrew Luck retired... When Minshew Mania started, Tannehill, just all this craziness. It's It's been fun to watch, but I'm really excited that he's finding some success because I, I think he's a good guy and he really deserves it. His career's been a little inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, me and Cam talked about this last week, and I want to ask you guys this too. I'm just going to name some quarterbacks, and we're just going to guess where we think they'll play next year. Um, so we'll just start off with Brian Tannehill since we're on the topic. Brian Tannehill or Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tennessee, they've already announced it. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, Jameis Winston? Some people thought he was going to, like, Cam thought Tennessee was just going to just let him walk. No, they, they said, like, yesterday I, that I, they wanted I to like the move. for the future. I like it. I think he's I think he's been great. He's been proving it. Um, Mariota, on the other hand, that's a he's, he's in a contract year. So what and, do you, what and do you think? Jameis. Yeah, well, Jameis... We'll get into Jameis in a bit, but let's say with the Titans. I think Jameis stays with. They're, the the Bucks, Bucks are stupid enough to do that, but Mariota. They, they're they're going to do it. 
They're do you think anybody's going to give Mar- Mariota a shot, or do you uh, think he's just, yeah. just going to be a backup for the rest of his career? Well, I think it's like a Teddy Bridgewater situation where some, yeah, some he's, teams he's on where, where, where some team is easy, easy as a backup. Teddy Bridgewater's knees exploded. Yeah, but and that's why on. he became a backup. He showed a lot of promise with the Vikings. Then he got hurt. Right. Took years to recover. Easy. Signed easy. a contract with the Saints. Marcus Mariota. What, what was his injury? Bro, I'm just talking about there. being a backup. I'm not saying that an injury has to be involved. It's almost like that's why I said like a Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, it's not situation. similar at all. Oh, it is. I'm pretty, sorry. It is pretty similar minus the injury. All right, explain it. He can go to a team, be a backup, and then if like Teddy Bridgewater yeah. situation, they need him. He's a if. decent backup. Where he's not a he decent showed backup. promise before. He showed promise like his rookie year, and then he hasn't made good. He sense. took the Titans to the playoffs. And, yeah, he had one mediocre season. I'll give you that. So did Ryan Tannehill, and then now all of a sudden Tannehill's uh, what? Tannehill's been struggling with injuries his whole career. He's missed a lot of time. He's missed like injuries maybe twice in his career. That's more than that. All right, and Mariota's not even what five seasons through his career. He's in his fifth season right let's, now. Let's breathe here, and he, Mariota can still be a good quarterback. I have sold all of my stock in Mariota years ago. I'm putting that out there. I'm personally not a Mariota fan. Um, I do think he'll get a job somewhere else, maybe Cincinnati. Um, I I I was I think Cincinnati and the Bears are going to do a quarterback switcheroo here. So I think Trubisky is going to go to Cincinnati since he's trying to get one of those QBs. And I think going to Chicago. Oh, I like that. I do like. See, I've. I I think something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Kevin, I know you're all in on Minshew Mania. Nick Foles. The Jaguars have used that salary so bad. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I I think they have to keep him. I mean... They have to stick with both guys, obviously. I, I, as much of a fan I am of Minshew Mania, I think he's been better and obviously more effective than Foles this season. Um, But Nick Foles... You just gave him what eighty eight million. I mean, they got to give him another shot next season. This year, I'd probably give it a wash because he got injured and he's coming back from the injury. They got to give him at least one more season. But do you put Foles in and risk? I mean, confidence is everything in athletics. Right? Do you yeah. risk Minshew's confidence and mm, potential, potentially the future of your franchise? At that point, do you sign someone like one of these guys that are going to be coming off of a contract? Hell, Mariota maybe? Yeah. You know, just as a backup in case, while this kid develops? Well, what are you going to do with the Fools contract then? If someone accepts that deal, no I take it in heartbeat. Maybe they, I mean, there's a couple teams that I could see doing it. I don't know. That's a fat contract that I don't think a team's going to really want. Well, there's two, there's a couple ways to look at it. First, the Jacks could just eat the contract. Obviously not a deal, but that's a possibility. And then you talk about Minshew's confidence. I mean, come on. He's like the most confident dude in the history of pro football with such little to back it up. Not to say he hasn't really played well because he's well, had behind his Baker Mayfield, but Mayfield's up there too. Mayfield's in the same category. I agree. Yeah, I just think that Minshew's one of those guys where like it doesn't matter. He's just gonna do him and yeah. And I, I mean, you guys have seen his antics. I think speak, he, I think, for itself. I mean, I, he probably ends up playing the rest of the season, and then uh, if unless Nick, something goes wrong, Nick Foles comes back in. But 
Yeah, I think you turn the keys back, or, well, training camp next year, long ways ahead, you let them battle it out. You see which one wants it, because you, you have Nick Foles coming off an injury. You're probably not going to be able to dump that contract off anywhere else. You just let them battle it out, see what happens. I'm going to throw that confidence argument right back at you with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He was so confident going into this season, having the two best receivers in the NFL, and ever since then, his con- like he's had a bad season, and his confidence Awful. is shot, and look where he's at. Yeah. I, I think with Foles, I think if there is a team willing to trade for him, I'd do, I'd do the trade in a heartbeat just to get the contract out of there because I'm a huge on Minshew. Um, but it's like you can't afford the – you can't afford to just eat the contract, Nick Foles' contract. You know, it's you got to at least give him another shot. I mean, he's only seen the field a couple times this year, and, you know, the injuries have been kind of getting in his way, where it's like, if you do decide to keep him, take this season with, like, a grain of salt and then go into next season as him being your starter. If it's that bad, cut him, like, pay do the buyout? I, I don't know, but I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm all in on Minshew. I think Minshew's great. I was getting crap for it a couple of weeks ago. I'm just yeah, gonna put that out there. That. Just gonna just gonna put that out there. I was getting some uh, some we, we hardcore heat. Okay, you I have a couple things I gotta clarify. Foles <laughs> enthusiast in here, but I was all right. Keep going. A couple things I gotta clarify. First, I'm not super high on Minshew. I think he has potential. I think he's like a max B plus quarterback at best. Um, but for Baker, to go back to that argument, I think that it's not his fault that his confidence has dwindled. I don't think it's his fault that he hasn't been playing well. I think that there's three main factors that go into it, the first of which, Odell Beckham, we heard the news recently about his oh my God. his sports hernia being mishandled, him being forced into play earlier than he should have. That's clearly had an effect the entire season. Offensive line has been very, very shaky the entire year in Cleveland. That makes it difficult for any quarterback. And then you add on to that the incompetent Freddie Kitchens. Again, he's kind of set up Freddie for failure. Kitchens. Um, Jacksonville's also in like a similar situation to that, though. So you're, you, you would really be putting Minshew at risk of going through the same thing. You know, uh, there's yeah. a lot of front office issues. Tom Coughlin is... He's got to get out. The fact that he came on the sidelines the other day and yelled at the coaches to take their sunglasses off while they're coaching, who wants to play for a tyrant like that? Nobody wants to. (laughs) Yeah, okay, Boomer, right? I know. Um, But he's not doing. Doug Marone obviously is not coaching to the best of his abilities. Everything going on this season with the defense and the run game and not having receivers, it's just. it's, It's a very similar situation to that. And I would hate to see Gardner Minshew go through something like he's going through also i i have a little bit of like a funny thing to tell you guys i got a package from my dad yesterday and my dad sent my dog a jalen ramsey in a jaguars outfit <laughs> shoot toy for christmas <laughs> it is awesome i was actually gonna bring that up like because of that you know jalen ramsey this whole jalen ramsey situation with the jaguars of course gang traded to the rams pretty controversial move and at the time, it was him considered to be unreasonable. And, you know, sort of he was complaining about the Jaguars. You mentioned Tom Coughlin and him in that situation. Does it give Jalen Ramsey more leverage in that situation in terms of does it make more sense for him wanting out? Is he the bad guy, I guess? Here's, here's my take on the Jalen Ramsey situation. 
being someone who has really followed this really closely, Jalen Ramsey has always been one of those guys that wants the spotlight on him. Me, 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 me. And he's always preaching that he wants respect from other teams, other players, other coaches. But he doesn't respect people, other players, other coaches, other teams, his teammates. He doesn't his like he doesn't respect anybody, and you can't not respect other people and expect them to respect you. Mm. And a lot like what we were talking about earlier, I think that he was a cancer in the locker room. And when you play for Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin, they're not going to put up with that. And I think that he was a distraction and he was on a contract where he probably would have had to be franchise tagged this year because we could, that that's what would have happened had we kept him. But also I would have rather taken that money and invested it into people like Miles Jack, which we did. Um, and other other players on this defense, like A.J. Boye. I think that A.J. Boye, Boye statistically is a better player than him, too. He didn't let up a touchdown against him all season two years ago until the AFC Championship game. Like, statistically, mm. he's a better player. It's just that Jalen Ramsey puts himself out there and makes himself the face of the team. Mm. Yeah, Boye always gave Patriots trouble, always, well, even when he was on the Texans. So You know why is good, right? Why is this? He's got uh, some Jalen Brown blood in him. Cousins. Kevin, yeah. Anything, anything to say on that? On that? Wait, say that again. Jalen Brown, superstar oh. Celtic. Oh, okay. Related superstar. to AJ Bouye. I'm just oh. putting that out there because oh, okay. right. Kevin Larney. Kevin Larney's a Jalen Brown skeptic. I'm a huge Jalen. I was supporter. a skeptic of the contract. I just felt like I'm with that Jalen Brown yeah, contract. Yeah, uh, what that 31 points against Miami. I don't know. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, what about the past three years? Thank you. Where he's Kevin. been really good. No, and he just hasn't been. He was role player. Exactly. Was was literally identified. All right, that's literally that's a topic for later. Uh, but. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, I, I think Jalen Ramsey got his karma being back with Blake Bortles and Jared Goff, who's playing like Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's back with Blake Bortles and uh, Jared Goff, who's playing a lot like old Blake Bortles. So the that's thing a, is, that's the Rams. The Rams just did a 180. If if the Jaguars buy out Nick Foles, do the Rams? Sign Nick Foles? No, no, you already have that much money invested in Jared Goff. <laughs> Are we Jared just sending Goff's our trash to L.A.? Is that I mean, what's going on? I think Nick Foles would be... I, I take Nick Foles as starter over Jared Goff. Honestly. That's a hot thing. You I take Nick Foles over Jared Goff? Yeah. I think the Eagles should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Stick to talking about sports and not not, not getting played. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> what's the argument for Carson Wentz over... Nick Foles. You mean Jared Goff? I mean, yeah. So I was I was on the Rams thing, and yeah. then I switched back to the Eagles thing. So Wait, which one? Which, you yeah, which I'm one? on Eagles now. Uh, you so are. well, I mean, Carson Wentz was coming off an MVP year. He's younger. Granted, he got hurt. He's younger. He's awful. He's yeah. He really doesn't have Nick any Foles weapons. I'll give you that. Nick, and he's not even playing. Nick Foles had this. There was a reason. No, yeah. You why Carson they were Wentz. able? He's a franchise quarterback. Have really. Really, because the Eagles have looked ten times better when Nick Foles was under center and, and opposed to Carson Wentz. Wentz, you could say whatever you want about Carson Wentz. The targets he doesn't have them. He's younger. He's got a brighter future. Kevin, whatever. But Nick Foles, I need you to listen. They were a better team under Nick Foles. Like I'm being serious. Like Nick Foles, I, he's, no, you gotta give Kevin. the guy some slack, bro. Like, Kevin, they, they were the best team in the NFL with Carson Wentz as their quarterback, and then Nick Foles came in and just, and yeah, he, 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 he won the Yeah, he kept them afloat. He kept them afloat. He's not and, keeping them afloat right now. Obviously. But yeah, but Nick Nick Foles did 
obviously win them the Super Bowl, had the insane game in, that he had, but you still go with your younger MVP who should Yeah, like, and logically, you always go with, the like, you know, younger quarter, quarterback, you know. The guy you draft. The guy you think will do better for you long term. But the Eagles, I felt like, were a much more effective offense under Nick Foles. And, I mean, and hold on, and what? Were the Eagles going to pay what Nick Foles got on his contract? No, because they needed to pay Carson Wentz. And you can't choose between either or because you're picking between your future or Nick Foles. You're not going to pay that much for a backup, but also, despite their quarterback situation, when like last year when and the year before that, when that was all going down, especially last season... the year before that when that was all going down especially last season you know they're coming off of like a super bowl win with pretty much the same roster and they still didn't produce so i don't think that it's all on the quarterback situation at that point because the roster was literally identical and they did not produce the same result yeah i i think honestly you again i'll say it again you can say what you want about carson wentz you can say he was the former mvp candidate three years ago and say the Eagles have the best regular season record with him, but when is it time for Carson Wentz to take lead of this Eagles team and well, start taking ownership? Well, like, I mean, why is it never Carson Wentz' fault? It it is, but like, why it, isn't it? It really you can't pin it solely on him this year. You see, you if you, Kevin, if you, I think they're. I mean, the, I know they Kevin, had the, injuries, the, the, but, fir- the first few games that they played and they had everyone healthy: Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Carson Wentz was doing good. And then Deshaun Jackson goes down. That takes away your deep threat. Alshon Jeffrey goes down. That takes away your security. If you're that good of a quarterback, if you're that good of a quarterback, Kevin, you're relying on Nelson Agolar, and I don't even know who's who the rest of their wide receivers are. What I want to know is why is it always on the quarterback when it's a team sport? Because it's the good quarterbacks have shown the NFL. Because good quarterbacks have shown they can make the best out of Nothing. not great targets. Like Aaron Rodgers is doing it right now. That's a Good point. Regardless, Tom Brady, but, okay. Tom Brady, right now, we've talked about it. He doesn't have the greatest weapons right now, and he's not totally struggling, but he's not having a great season. No, like, I totally agree. And then like, you look at the health, Eagles, but... I've got him in front of me, okay? Nelson Aguilar, at best, B minus B receiver. Oh. And then you continue. Alshon Jeffrey, he can be like an A minus B plus. I'll give him a B. But he's had his, he's, yeah, he's had his injury issues. He's, he's had, had his had ups and downs this year. Yeah. Zach Ertz, Zach very Ertz. good, very reliable, very good player. He, yeah. Deshaun Jackson's been injured. J.J. Arcega Whitesides look like a bust. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we're talking about Jordan Matthews. I mean, yeah. come on, give me a break. It's no. like they've got nothing. They really don't. And you have one of the best tight ends in Zach Ertz. But teams are slowly keying in and slowly keying in on him. They're double-teaming him. And... It's a good thing they have Dallas Goddard because he has become a way better tight end now that Ertz is drawing a a double team. And if the Eagles can find some sort of running game, I think it would be good to use the two tight end set with either... That would be effective, yeah, because they have Sanders. Yeah, would you rather Sanders in the backfield or would you rather Jordan Howard in the backfield? I'm a huge Jordan Howard hater because that, that downhill runner... Um, who is not effective in the passing game and doesn't really have the ability to be like a one-cut kind of Arian Foster type back. Like the downhill runner who relies on just power, 
grinding out like nickel and nickel and diming throughout the throughout the game. Mm. Um, I mean, it's like the post up game in basketball, just kind of right. being phased out. And Howard's a one dimensional back. Sanders, on the other hand, has shown potential in the passing game and also being able to bounce it uh, to the outside. I wasn't really a Jordan Howard fan when he was on the Chicago Bears. I just felt like ever since Matt Forte left, something about the Bears' backfield has not been as effective as it used to be. But but um, I think Jordan Howard, before he got injured, what, like two, three weeks ago, I, I, felt, yep. I felt like he was doing pretty decent with the Eagles. Yeah, he, like had, it was, he, had, he had a three-touchdown game. I mean, anyone can have a three-touchdown game almost. If you, you just, like, if you just give red zone back, I felt like, but... Yeah, I, exactly. Garrett Blunt, point in case. Since we're talking about the Eagles, what do you guys think about tonight? Uh, Eli Manning is going to come back and ruin the New York Giants draft stock. I mean, yeah, Eli's due for a good game, isn't he? It's he, been a long time. He's a 500 quarterback right now. Which way do you think it goes? Oh, man, do I want him to? I want him to lose, but there's something in the back of my mind telling me that Eli's just going to throw for, like, He's going to throw find, for like 200 yards and four touchdowns. He's going to find gonna be Golden one of those Tate games. over and over and over and Evan Ingram over and over. Ingram's hurt. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's Ingram's, always, been, Ingram's he's, always hurt. He's always hurt. And That's a, a big problem for he's, them because he's, he's a great built, player. He's like built more like a wide receiver. Too. And I feel like they should be playing him on the outside because he's, he's what? slow. He's like 6'5", 220. And I get it. Yeah, he's not as fast as other players. But I think Evan Ingram on a fade route in the red zone. Oh, it, pretty good. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who else you'd want. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably... I, I kind of want the Giants to beat the Eagles, especially after what I just said about Carson Wentz. But, Their division's uh, so fun, though. I it want is, this it really to is. continue. Because thing is, if... Well, I mean, if the Giants win, the Giants are still technically in the playoff hunt now, too. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because there's only... Yeah, they are. There's only three games separating Dallas... And uh, that would be, yeah, that would be quite the long shot. But no, yeah, I know. Obviously, like the fact that the Redskins are in the are in the playoff yeah, hunt right like, now. I thought they were eliminated yesterday. I thought. Yeah, I think so. The Did they? So, yeah, I thought the Giants. With, yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, hold on. No, they're two and ten, but Dallas is six and seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Wait. Well, no. If you, if you there's three games to go. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So the most. Well, the Giants have four games. So so the most. So they could. So they need Dallas to lose out. Yeah. Which is they need Philadelphia to lose out. Could happen. And I, do Dallas and Philadelphia have another game against each other? Can someone run the numbers for me? Uh, they, or can I run my own numbers? They, prob- they probably do. I mean, division games are usually at the end. All right. Score prediction for tonight while we're on it, boys. I'm gonna say twenty. I'm gonna say twenty-five, eighteen Giants. You're gonna let them score that much, jeez! Right. Yeah, I was thinking a high-score game. I don't Ooh. think any defense is gonna be played in this one. Probably like thirty-one, twenty-eight. I was gonna say seventeen, fourteen. Really? All right, everyone, take a deep breath because I'm saying it. Everyone's thinking it in the back of their minds. Ready for this? Forty-two. Oh. 17 Giants. What? Wow. They're going to kill right. them. What? I was not thinking What have we been no. waiting for all season? For somebody Eli, answer this? For Eli to come in think and of, do this? Think of, the sec- think of another guy in the Giants who was the second overall pick a year ago. 
Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. He's not had a lot of big games yet this year. What? This dude is due for a big game, too. I get it. Offensive line's not that exciting. How many touchdowns does Barkley have? Um, How much does he carry? He's this? putting up four for Sam's sake here. Bet. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but right now, yeah, on the season, Saquon has one touchdown, I believe. No, sorry. One receiving touchdown, two running touchdowns. Wow. Dude's. Wow. Dude's sniffing the end yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I think he's going to yeah. get that full schneef when, uh, <laughs> when the game comes tonight. Yeah, I, I, I I'd, be, I'd be down to see the Giants win. It's weird for me to say that as a Pats fan, but I, I, I want to see the Eagles lose. Yeah, I don't want to see the Giants win. I just think it's going to happen. I need to be on the record to have said that. <laughs> All right, but how much at, at this point in the season, they have to know that it's over. You know what I mean? They're, it's it, it's it's over. So oh, at, yeah. at what point do you risk injuring Saquon Barkley? Uh, you you know what I mean? I get that, yeah, but I think you let him run. Well, it's, a, it's a classic rivalry game tonight, so you let them play this one, Monday Night Football, Eli's back, Eli needs that winning record, and then after that, Bench him. Let him sit. Let well, him recover. Let him get to full health. I mean, if you if you're the Giants, you probably have more divisional games coming up, and you could probably play spoiler for some of those playoff teams, like maybe Dallas, maybe the Eagles. You could play spoiler, so maybe you want to do that. Maybe you hate your rival so much, you just keep running Saquon. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, well, I think they should just the Giants keep playing him. Why can't I pull up this season? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I is it really worth like Gi- sitting them that? Like, the Giants have the Dolphins, the the Redskins, and Eagles coming up after this Eagles game. So yeah, I, they're not missing out on much if they, they let them sit. No. Here's the other thing too. You have to consider that this season's almost over, and the last few years you've had really good, solid early picks. Mm. And there's potential for you to be up there one, two, three again. And mm. the opponents that you're playing are in your division. And right. if they win, that means that they're getting worse players than they would if you were beating them. Right. I say you you scrap the season, mm. you put Eli in, you bench Saquon, and you call it a day. You're calling it Tankapalooza over here? Yeah, I mean, that's what I want the Jaguars to do. Mm. Like, let's, let's draft someone. Let's build the future. Right. Let it go. It's over. Right. I mean... It, I do want to talk about, like, the other quarterbacks, too, in the NFL. I mean, you talked about, you know, Foles, you know, that future happening in Jacksonville, Minshew or Foles. You know, there's a ton of other situations happening at quarterback as well. Um, We got to Tannehill. Um, You mentioned Newton to Chicago. That's been a popular destination um, for him. We've heard that quite a bit now. I see him going to Denver. I have him going to Denver. Uh, Bridgewater staying with New Orleans. Wait, can we talk about De- uh, Newton to Denver for a second? Yeah. Yeah, Drew Locke's got that position locked. <laughs> After one game? After one game, I'm on board. Locked. He's awesome. Got it locked. And some country caught my pun, thankfully. But Drew Locke looked awesome in that one game. I've got little evidence proving that he's a duty, so I'm on the locked train. Come on. I'm locked on lock. Come on. What? Just one game? Just one game you're locked on lock? You wouldn't... If Cam Newton expressed interest going... second round for a reason. No, and if, you, if you're the Broncos, you don't you don't take Cam Newton. You're, you're in a total rebuild. What's Cam Newton going to do for you? Well, and the other thing is, going back to the Panthers for a second, 
why do they need to get rid of Cam Newton? Like, I don't really understand. I think Allen is the answer. Think, they, they oh, might. my God. No. Oh, let's, let's <laughs> end the conversation <laughs> right now. I don't Wait, know if Cam Allen's Newton, answer, that ship has but... sailed in Carolina. Yeah, get no, Cam Newton out. It might not get him so out much, of there. It might not it, be Kyle so much. Allen is... Kyle, Kyle Allen's good. And he, oh, my God. Kevin, Kyle Allen been watching. is good. You haven't been watching. You haven't been watching. He's proof. Allen's proved to be more of a legitimate starter right. than Locke. Whatever the, Locke oh is, whatever God, the heck his name is. Yeah, you've Kevin, got it right. Last six games, Allen's thrown nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's averaged only 200, he's averaged 280 yards per game, but nine picks over six games, one of which he had zero touchdowns and four picks in, where they got smacked by the Atlanta defense, who we've trashed the entire season. Yeah. Kyle Allen's been really bad for... A decent amount of time now. If you're going to tell me he's the future, I need you to sit down on, and so read an article on the Panthers. No, we're, yeah, I don't think Kyle Allen's the answer. I think they're just done with Cam Newton, and they just want a total new quarterback situation. So you let Kyle Allen just weather the storm for now, and then you wait for a quarterback. I, I agree with that. I think that they'll wind up drafting someone. But here's the thing. They're in a similar situation to teams like the Titans and teams like Jacksonville. You can't really take the job away from this guy at this point. And while I do think that they're done with him, I think I think that he's going to go somewhere else. You, you, can't, you can't take the job away from the kid right now. And Cam Newton has showed promise in college, in pro football. And there's a chance that he, when he's healthy, could be that guy again. Just like Ryan Tannehill has proved this year. Just because... He's had an injury and he's not played himself like maybe the last two years. If you put him in a system that could work for him and he could, you know, be the old Cam Newton, you might find some success in a guy like that. Yeah, I, I only agree with that. There's nothing you could say other than that. Are we yeah, really, I agree with both, both those points. Are we really going to what? say Cam Newton was the starting quarterback right now for the Panthers? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to hold on. Is they're the same record. Yeah. Fully. We're talking about fully hypothetically healthy. healthy. They're probably the same record. Like, no, they're not. Do you not. see them that no. much better? Do you yeah, see that's them a healthy Cam Newton we're talking about. That's they, a former they MVP. haven't looked that good last. Oh my past god, Kevin, can I fill you in on something? Yes, go ahead. Cam Newton's been injured like the past like two or three seasons. Yeah, and he's played through so it. When you that's why up, he hasn't looked like himself. When you give up on it, you if, let him if, sit out a full year. You let him recover, get back to full health, and then. It's clear that they want to go in a different direction with firing Rivera and whatnot, but at the same time, there's just that thought of it where, like, yeah, maybe all he needed was time to recover. And they're giving him that time, so I think the potential's there, and someone's going to believe in him. Yeah, someone's obviously going to take a shot on him, because, like, why wouldn't you? So, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think they're better off drafting a quarterback and keeping Camden. Yeah. I think he's in a similar situation to Odell Beckham Jr. He was playing on an injury when he shouldn't have been, and it only made it worse. And I think the teams will take that into consideration, that he's he really has been injured and he hasn't been given the opportunities that I think that he has been. He's been kind of treated like crap there. So I think that that organization's done with him, and he's done with that organization. Yeah, just, and they're both similar to Jalen Ramsey. They're both ready to yeah. see their ways out of this deal. Yeah, I mean, when I say Kyle Allen... <laughs> is the answer i'm not saying like long term it's the solution but there's been so many different there's been so many different like temporary options or temporary alternatives over the past few years where it's like joe flacco is considered a starting quarterback right now and he's playing for the broncos oh he's banged
I yeah, exactly. And well, there's a re- there's a re- reason why he's benched. <laughs> yeah, we we got Drew some locks a beast. Well, I mean, come on. I wouldn't call him a Reading's on the wall. He's played he's, one game. He looked good. Played two games, but, but he's played one good game. So I'll give you that. He's looked really good. I think borderline MVP. I don't know. I didn't say it, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing thoughts out there. Kevin, you're out here saying Kyle Allen is the answer. Uh, Allen Iverson I, is the I, answer. I, I we're talking. When you say someone's uh, the answer, you gotta like remember what you're talking about. Kyle Allen's like not even drafted. Kyle Allen is. In a, what we call a mop-up role. I think... I think Cam Newton's days with... The Panthers are over. Alright, that's... That's... Oh, okay. we've, we've, you sounded so defeated with that I, answer, but I agree. Kevin, he's Cam Newton's days are numbered, and yeah, he's, his Panthers career's over. And then... I'd say he goes to Denver. I still think that, so I don't know. Alright. We brought up the MVP topic, not someone who's actually deserving of it, but we brought it up a couple weeks ago. Locked on lock, I know. A couple weeks ago when I was here, we brought up people like Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, who's fallen off, Michael Thomas, those kind of people. Have you guys changed your opinions about who you think the MVP should be between two weeks ago and this point in the season? Yes. I had I had Russell Wilson, I think, a couple weeks ago, and then obviously the past couple weeks haven't panned out the way the Seahawks would have liked, so I'm going to have to change and go Lamar, just because Lamar has played outstanding. He's breaking records, so I don't know how, how you go against it. Yeah, if anybody here says that it's not Lamar Jackson, you A, haven't been watching, B, you really hate Lamar Jackson to the point where it let, let you overlook his production on the field, excuse me, or C, you're just... You pay attention, but you're just really, really stupid, and there's nothing we can do to help you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Lamar Jackson, too, because a couple of weeks ago, I had Russell Wilson, too. Like, I thought for sure Russell Wilson had it locked up, and I think I think we all kind of did. Like, I I think we all came to, like, the consensus that, that uh, you know, Russell Wilson was going to be locked in for MVP. Um but Lamar Jackson's just been playing out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was. He was my number two last yeah, time McCaffrey, I was here. Right? I had McCaffrey, and I think that if he continued to have the season that he was, they definitely could have made a statement about not making this such a quarterback award. But since he fell off, I think that they kind of. I mean, Lamar Jackson's the most deserving. Yeah. I just. No, I. I don't even think like McCaffrey has fell off that much. It's just the Panthers sort of stopped winning. Like, if they kept their 5-8 and eight now, in the beginning of the year, they were looking pretty good. They're a respectable team. Now it's sort of like, all right, their year's over. So it's like, you can't really, it's hard to argue over Lamar Jackson because of how well he's been playing. But if the Panthers, yeah. say that was flipped, were 8-5, I think, I think you can make a serious argument that totally. Christian McCaffrey is the MVP over Lamar Jackson. I yeah, think that's... I mean, I don't see why not. Honestly. It's just unfortunate because the reality, the reality of the situation is that the Panthers have dropped their last five games, and then yeah. the Ravens are surging more than really anybody else in football. So, I mean, Super Bowl prediction before we take a break here. If you had a pick today, what do you guys have? Patriots, Saints. Pat Saints? Yep. That's what I want. Brady... 
Brady Breeze Super Bowl would be unreal. I've been rooting for that same pick for like three years now. So I'm going to go against it now and go Patriots, Seahawks. You know what? Just for the fun of it, and just because like no one else is going to say this, and also because I'm bored of talking about this, because the Super Bowl prediction is just... I mean... It's all garbage. It is what it is. It's it's it's, it's a Super Bowl prediction week 15 in the NFL in the season. So, having said that, I'm going to say the Bills versus whoever wins the NFC East. I'm going to say the Cowboys just because that's what I think is going to happen. So, Bills-Cowboys um, repeat of Thanksgiving game. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Wait, Josh wait, Allen's going to win. Yeah, I know. He's having fun with this now, okay? I'm, ser- I'm, I'm serious. All right. Josh Allen, Super Bowl MVP, um, Devin Singletary's going to run for 100 yards. Zeke. I, I'm really... Like, you're I not processing this yet? Kevin's astonished. No, I just I just know you're messing around. <laughs> I'm just telling you that I am bored of talking to... I mean, like, look. It's... It's... You're talking... Like, I, I understand that it's an interesting topic to an extent, but... We're predicting Super Bowl champion. I was just going around. I know. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just bored of it. That's all I'm saying. Say the 49ers versus freaking Baltimore then. If. I don't know. See a cool matchup. I could. If if my Patriots. Bills aren't making it. Conspiracy theory is false, which I don't think it is. I could also see Seahawks Ravens being Mm. a legitimate Super Bowl option. Does anyone here see Jimmy G? I don't. I, I think it's going to be... I thought going into this year it was going to be Pats, Seahawks, but... Um, but, yeah. I um, think that's, that's yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm really impressed with how far the 49ers have come right, in yeah. a year or two. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a great season for them. I think they're on the rise. I think they're going to be great in coming years. They're definitely going to be a force we reckon with. Right. But I don't think that it's their year. I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're mature enough. I think that they need another season or two, and then they could be realistically the team out west mm. to no, absolutely. control the board. Yeah. I mean, I think I felt like the Seahawks going into this year – personally we're the most well-rounded team in the nfc um i know there was so much hype around the cowboys every year it's like going into the season can the cowboys do it it's like the first thing first thing that they mentioned um but i think the seahawks are really well-rounded so i i see pat seahawks uh, i think that could be a good good matchup but yeah to get back to being serious on my part uh, yeah like the thing about the seahawks is that they did lose rashad penny for the year right so that's gonna hurt them and it's a matter of if you think Chris Carson can really carry the load. Yeah. As the season winds down with the amount of hits he's already taken, mm-hmm. then the playoffs and you add on all of that. Yeah. And then for the AFC, I mean, look, it's Ravens, Pats. Yeah. Texans, Chiefs. Ravens, of, Ravens scare me. For it's sure. one of those four teams. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I don't. I don't know. Like the reason why I kind of was steering away from that argument is just because whatever's going to happen is going to happen and predicting it only does so much and I mean it's, it's just, just like, it's just it's just staring away from talking about the now I don't know I just no yeah no I get that I mean I know it's far ahead but when you talk NFL it's probably yeah, the it's most kind of what we have to do it's kind of like it's kind of like the top, hot topic you know any you're talking 
I mean, it seems like week by week people are always talking about Super Bowl matchups, and they change every week. Yeah, they it do. Changes, it's, it's but, a thing. It changes every week. But, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Wild Chats, WUNH 91.3 FM, Durham, taking you up to the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, shout out Sean Pettipaz for standing throughout this entire segment. Tough guy over here. He's a beast, legend. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Hey, didn't you always want to be a teacher? Yeah, but now that I have my bachelor's degree in math, I'm just not sure what my next step is. You should check out TREE. TREE, or the Teacher Residency for Rural Education, is a 15-month teaching certification and master's degree program for people who desire to become elementary or secondary math or science teachers for students in rural high-need schools in New Hampshire. For more information, visit cola.unh.edu slash T-R-R-E. This message has been brought to you by the UNH Department of Education and your friends at WUNH Durham. Question. What is me in the U.S. every two seconds and where one person can save three people's lives? It's a simple answer. Blood. To find out more information about eligibility or how and where to donate, go to redcrossblood.org. This message was brought to you by the Red Cross. Your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Nearly half of Americans have never heard of sepsis, the third leading cause of death in the United States. Sepsis is an extreme, life-threatening response to an infection that without the right treatment can cause organ failure, amputation, or death. More than 1.6 million Americans are diagnosed with sepsis every year. That's one person every 20 seconds. Thousands of lives can be saved each year by simply raising awareness of its symptoms. Early recognition and treatment are key. For more information on sepsis, please visit sepsis.org. This message is brought to you by the Sepsis Alliance and your friends at WUNH Durham. Hello, Talking Calendar. What does my schedule look like for the rest of the week? Next Thursday, you'll be caught in an emergency flash flood. What? No, that doesn't work. I'm busy that day. Can you decline that? Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. It starts by talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. Don't wait. Communicate. Get started today at ready.gov forward slash plan. This message is brought to you by FEMA, the Ad Council, and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolesson.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Nearly half of Americans have never heard of sepsis, the third leading cause of death in the United States. Sepsis is an extreme, life-threatening response to an infection that without the right treatment can cause organ failure, amputation, or death. 
More than 1.6 million Americans are diagnosed with sepsis every year. That's one person every 20 seconds. Thousands of lives can be saved each year by simply raising awareness of its symptoms. Early recognition and treatment are key. For more information on sepsis, please visit sepsis.org. This message is brought to you by the Sepsis Alliance and your friends at WUNH Durham. Hey. Hey, what's up? I'm struggling with installing this app for my class. Can you give me a hand? Uh, I'm not really good at that stuff either, but I just went down to the ATSC and those guys hooked me up. Nice. ATSC? Where is that? Uh, Diamond Library. It's the uh, third floor. It's the same floor that you enter in on. Head to the back right. You can't miss it. Nice. I'll check it out. You should. They've helped me out with a bunch of different issues I've had over the years, like Wi-Fi, app installs, email configuration. They pretty much do it all. Wow, okay. That's pretty awesome. But what about my phone? Yeah, and laptops and tablets. Are they expensive? Nope. It's already paid by your technology fee. Seriously? That's awesome. Yeah, right? Anyways, I gotta get to class. All right, I'll catch you later. I'm gonna head down there now. This message is brought to you by the ATSC and your friends at 91.3 FM WUNH Durham. Nearly half of Americans have never heard of sepsis, the third leading cause of death in the United States. Sepsis is an extreme, life-threatening response to an infection that without the right treatment can cause organ failure, amputation, or death. More than 1.6 million Americans are diagnosed with sepsis every year. That's one person every 20 seconds. Thousands of lives can be saved each year by simply raising awareness of its symptoms. Early recognition and treatment are key. For more information on sepsis, please visit sepsis.org. This message is brought to you by the Sepsis Alliance and your friends at WUNH Durham. Eighty-six percent of dads spend more time with their children today than they did with their own fathers. But most fathers agree that they could be more active and involved parents in their children's lives. To find out more, call 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit www.fatherhood.gov for parenting tips, fatherhood programs, and other resources. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council and your friends here at 91.3 FM WUNH Durham. Are you worried about emergency medical services in and around Durham? Don't worry. McGregor Memorial EMS is there for you. McGregor EMS is the primary 911 service for the community and have been for the past 50 years. They have seasoned EMS professionals and advanced life support teams. Advanced life support team and the necessary pieces of equipment for any situation. They also have ongoing education and training services as well. If you have questions or want to learn more, Stop by 47 College Road in Durham, New Hampshire, or online at www.mcgregorems.org. This message was brought to you by McGregor Memorial EMS and your friends here at 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham.
WUNH 91.3 FM. Wild Chats taking you up to the 8 o'clock hour. Just talk some football. Now we're going to talk some basketball. Get into it. I'm Kevin Larney alongside Sam, Kendra, Sean. Full squad here in the studio. Sean has a pretty big announcement to tell us. So, uh, so Sean. So we have our uh, 2019 Heisman Trophy finalists here for college football. No shocker here, LSU Joe Burrow, Ohio State Justin Fields, Ohio State's Chase Young, and Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts. Who you got? Me, personally, I before last week I was going to go Chase Young just because of how he affected the game week in and week out for Ohio State, but considering Joe Burrow, what he did last week against Georgia, can't take that away. And he had a he, one of these, I guess you'd say, quote unquote, Heisman moments. He like scrambled out of the pocket, made two defenders miss, and then threw an absolute dime down down the middle of the field to convert on. I think it was a third down, and he was backed up against his own end zone. And I mean, he's LSU's probably going to go win the national championship, and Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman. So, yeah, this is the first time LSU's had a legitimate quarterback in a long time. And Burrow, 48 touchdowns, interceptions, throwing 78% speaks for itself. I think he's a lock. Yeah, I got Burrow as well. I, I think he'll he'll get as much as I want Jalen Hurts to win the Heisman. I mean, you got to give it to Burrows, but it would be pretty crazy if Hurts got it as well, but... Yeah, you, t- you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm, a- I'm on the Joe Burrow train. I don't think you can take it away from the kid, but I would love to see Jalen That'd be win. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I really kind of feel bad for him, you know? I think that he made the best of a really crappy situation, and I would love to see him get something like this. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to go on to the next level, and I think, I think he'll really find success in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that was just a really tough situation in Bama. I mean, for sure. I mean, Tua and him were battling it out. Both of them were obviously very, two of the better quarterbacks in the nation for sure, and you know they decided to ride it out with Tua. Yeah, I mean, as an Auburn fan, don't get me wrong, Jalen's Jalen's ripped my heart out a couple times, but I, I really I really like him. I think that he has a legitimate shot, but I I definitely don't think you can take it away from Joe Burrow yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're gonna talk some basketball now. Is it still early on in the year? You know, fall, we talk a lot about football. Talked a lot on this show about football. Um, But we're ready to talk some some basketball. My boy Sam over here. Always ready for some basketball Super pumped up right now. Uh, Are you pumped about this? Celtics, second in the Eastern Conference. How can you not be? Celtics look damn good right now. Confidence is sky high right now for me with these Celtics. Gordon Hayward, dude's back. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker. That's three all-stars right there. Yeah. Might not actually make the team, but if you look at their contributions, you look at how they have a winning record, you look at how we're undefeated at home, I mean, yeah, that's, give me one that's reason, a great stat. Give me one that's reason true. why Jalen Brown should be an all-star over, like, look. The way I, or let me, or let me rephrase that. My question is, when we're talking about all-stars, Jalen Brown, I get it. He's probably the third option 
not including Hayward because he's been injured, on a winning team? Do you put him in as an all-star over a player like Trey Young, for example, who's the best player in a losing team? Or somebody like, I don't know. No, Trey Young. Trey Young is is going to be there. Trey Young deserves to be an all-star. So one, one of the Celtics are probably going to end up getting cut out, and it, it it's probably going to be Hayward, and you might see Tatum. So, you'll see Tatum and Brown probably in. Well, what about Walker? Well, you'll see Walker because point guard. I don't know if it's so you're definitely. Thinking, so you agree. You say you think I know, three I, all-stars also I, from the Celtics. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it's definitely a possibility in, in discussion that Jalen Brown can make the all-star game for Just sure. It's all about popularity, um, too. But yeah, I think Jalen Brown's I mean, getting more popular every 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 year. He's not more popular than Trey Young. No, he's not. But it's I'm just saying he's chance. getting more popular. And also, when it comes to the bench players, because I think we can both agree that neither of them are going to be starting in the All Star game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only the starters that are that's the fan vote. When it gets to the bench that players, is true. That that's is true. the coaches' vote. Um, gotcha. But come on, like Trey Young's averaging 28 points a game. He's, yeah, Trey Young's a beast. I don't on. know if Trey Young was the best Trey example. Young. Trey Young is a beast, bro. Like. All right, so let me give you a couple other players. Um, I understand Western Conference, but... Throw, throw some forwards in there to help us out. Okay. Um, Brandon Ingram. I'll take both. I'd say probably Ingram, because he's scoring a lot more over Brown. I'd probably take... I'd probably take Ingram. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take Ingram. I want to say Jalen Brown, but obviously you take Ingram. I... You guys know I'm not a New Englander. I'm not a Celtics fan. <laughs> yeah. But my team's also in the Eastern Conference, and I am. What's your team? I'm a I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. My mom. My mom's. Whoa. Yeah, my mom's Whoa. from up there. I'm actually. Really. Uh, humble brag. Probably gonna go to some Bucks games in the box over oh, winter wow. break. I'll, I'll be up in Milwaukee. I'll be booing with all the rich people where I don't belong. No, boo with Giannis. <laughs> Giannis comes up or something. He no. goes to my boyfriend's barber, so wow. I might just like. Hang, hang out like around that yeah. area, you know. I know somewhere he gets free tacos for the year too. Might post up there for a little bit. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm determined. <laughs> yeah, and and I like might be hanging out with his real estate agent and stuff like that. So wow. wish your girl luck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> might as well have your last name be Antenna Kumbo at this point. I mean, that's, I mean yeah, but no, no that's that's awesome though. Like that's crazy. Like. That's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and the Bucks are rolling right now. I'm scared of I the mean, Celtics, though. I really am. That, I'm scared. As a Celtics stat, fan, I'd love to hear it. That home stat, that is impressive. But I I, I just love Giannis. He is so fun to watch. If he could shoot a three, he would be the most dominant player, I swear. Put it, put it this way. Even Obviously. if the Bucks, it doesn't, it doesn't... He's the best player in the history. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter if the Bucks are the one seed right now or the eight if i'm a celtics fan out of all these teams in the east i'm always going to be scared of the bucks because of Giannis. Oh, i don't care to. what their record is it's because Giannis is Giannis, and i know the celtics don't have that kind of player like Giannis. like to that well, to that degree they have a great team they have the all-stars kemba walker jalen brown gordon hayward Jason Tatum, you know, becoming one of the, looking like he's going to be one of the best scorers in the NBA, um, for sure. He's got a bright future, but it doesn't matter. Giannis is just, he's literally unstoppable. You can't, okay, you can't stop him. It yeah. doesn't even Giannis, matter if they're first Giannis, or eighth seed. They're they have Giannis. Giannis is unstoppable, and there's no denying that. But there's 
two players who have shut him down over the course of his career consistently. One of them, Al Horford, yep. he's on the Sixers now. The other one, still on the Celtics. Anybody know who it is? But it happened Tice? in... No. One... Marcus Marcus Smart? No. It's not Marcus Smart, which is surprising. Shemi Ojale. Huh. Ojale played 25 minutes a night in the Buck series that we won two years back in 2017, and he was the guy that was stopping Giannis okay, Shemi. all throughout. Shemi's got the biggest biceps in basketball legitimately. Look that up, I swear to God. Um, and I don't know. I think that's the reason why they keep him on the roster, because he's ineffective offensively, but he's proven that he can go out and body the biggest guys in the NBA, so that's why I have confidence. Oh, he's an absolute stud defensively, but offensively he just throws up bricks. No. He's got nothing. Now, Kendra, I'm going to ask you about this, because this has been like a popular discussion for the Bucks with us, too. Malcolm Brogdon no longer with the team. I mean, how big of a loss is that I, I have, for you? I have one more thing I want to throw out there, but it kind of plays into that a little bit. I don't care how premature it is in the season, the Eastern Conference Final is going to be Celtics-Bucks, and I think that whoever has home court advantage in that series is going to come out the one on top because the Bucks have only dropped one game at home. Yeah. So they're 10-1 and nice. one at home. Um, so, like I said, I think that the fact that they are 20-3 and three and have only lost one game at home <laughs> – Clearly, he isn't anything to cry about. Yeah, I mean, they're overall they're just they're just rolling like they're just playing really well. Just, I mean, it doesn't matter home or away for the Bucks right now. They have great team chemistry. It's it's they have one superstar on the team. You know, it's not a roster like the Celtics have. It's not any team that has all these big players that can't seem to find chemistry. I think that they have the voices and people know what role they play on that team and they play really well together and that's how they're finding success and also talking on top of the bucks here like another player i think has been extremely underrated throughout his career chris middleton i think he's preach i Mm -hmm. i really think he's underappreciated like he's a celtics there's there's so many big celtics there's so many players in this league that maybe get too much credit He's one that doesn't get enough of it. He's over, completely overshadowed by Giannis. It's almost people. It's almost like people forget that he's not even on this Bucks roster. I I think he's he's going to be the reason and huge critical factor for them to okay. make it to East. I'm I'm about to go on a bit of a tangent, but I 110 percent agree with that. And I think that I'm maybe one of five people on this planet that pays attention to him because he's Kay Middleton and I'm Kay Middleton. So obviously we're related. <laughs> I own so many jerseys, jerseys. I am his biggest fan. Yeah. But he is Giannis's partner in crime. Mm. Those two together are so successful mm. on the court. They play off of each other so well. They feed to each other so well. And they let each other shine. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And that's how the Bucks have found success is between mm. those two people on the court at the same time. And, you know, to that point, I think that's how the Bucks are going to win a championship. If 110%. anything, it's going to be Chris Middleton that wins it for them because we know what Giannis can do. He's going to he's going to be getting close to 30 points, if not more than that, a night. But Chris Middleton, if he shows up, that's the difference maker. If, if you can stop Chris Middleton then the Bucks are beatable. But it's, if not, then... It's not if he shows up. It's if he stays healthy. No. Health is a yeah. big thing with him. Mm. He's got to stay healthy for the rest of... It's a long season. There's a long way to go. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, I wholeheartedly believe that they have a talent this season to make it all the way. I mean, 
especially in the East, because going into this season too, right? There, the Sixers. I don't know about you guys. I think they were overrated going into this year. Personally, they had the big names, but they're they're still playing well. Seventeen and seven. They're fourth in the East. But they, they've um, lost some games that they should have won. But yeah, they're they definitely. All right, going going into this year, I felt like that Al Horford signing for them was questionable. I, I felt like the only reason why they signed Al Horford was just in spite of the Celtics. Yeah. Just wanted to keep him away from the Celtics because they knew he was going to be a crucial factor going into the playoffs if they were to match up. And quite honestly, I, the Sixers were going to lose. Yeah, But their lineup is so weird. It's almost well, all fours and fives. It's like Embiid, Harris, Horford... Simmons, you can say he's a point guard, whatever. And then Josh Richardson. And Josh Richardson. So here's, like, what, here's what it is. It's, it's Simmons, quite simple. Simmons is almost like a four to me. Like ben he's Simmons, built like a four. He's a point forward. Yeah. Um, but it's simple. Ben Simmons is the prototypical uh, fast break player. That's where he yeah. drives. Joel Embiid is the worst fast break player in basketball. Yeah. He's totally yeah. non-existent. You can't make it up the court. Him and Boogie Cousins are the same type of guy. They need to get the ball down low, give them time to do their thing. It doesn't work. Him and Ben Simmons, you know, it's like trying to fit, like, puzzle pieces together from two different puzzles. It just doesn't make any sense. i got to give a shout-out to my boy Kirk Stewart. So one of my hometown buddies, but he pointed this out to me. Literally at the beginning of when Simmons and Embiid were on the court together, it's just a mix that is never going to work. And one of them needs to go. And then you add on to that Al Horford, who's a, well, not really, excuse me, not Horford, but Tobias Harris, who's an isolation player and needs to let the ball into his hands and just kind of do what he wants. Just doesn't fit at all because you look at it either way. If it's Embiid and Harris, you have two isolation. You don't pass the ball well. And then if it's, Harris and Simmons, it's a bit better because you can have Harris as somebody who can spot up and hit jump shots. No, Harris has definitely developed into a better shooter over the course of his He's been career. a great shooter his whole career. I've been, Tobias Harris is one of my all-time favorite players. I loved him in Milwaukee. I loved him in Orlando. Orlando was... That, that feels so long ago. It, it, was, it was a long time ago. And I actually have a Tobias Harris Orlando jersey, but regardless... Hard. Let's go. <laughs> regardless, he's an isolation player. He's a really good shooter, but again, he needs to kind of have the ball in his hands. And then Simmons and Embiid, it just doesn't mix. I I also don't think the Sixers are that deep either. Like there's no, there's really no depth. Like in terms of that starting five, that's their team. You know, I mean, for the most part, really. I'm gonna throw another conspiracy theory at you, and this for for our lady listeners out there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw them in the mix here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. So right now. The Sixers have an all-star studded roster. They have one of debatably the best starting lineups in the league. A couple years ago, the Cavs also had one of the best starting lineups in the league. Mm. Do you guys believe in the Kardashian curse? Ben Simmons, Tristan Thompson, all these basketball players that these girls hate, as soon as they the Kardashians sink their claws in them, they're never the same. Uh, Tristan Thompson's having a really good year this year. I'll put that out there. <laughs> And he's not Danny anymore. Exactly. I mean, well, he did Chloe dirty. Well, wait, didn't didn't? didn't oh my wait, god! Wait, did hold he on. do her didn't, dirty? Didn't uh, his daughter like, a liquid? Ken, oh I mean, no, Kendall dated Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. 
And what? She did Blake Griffin too, right? Didn't Tristan Thompson get like Whatever two women pregnant while he was Cole dating Chloe or something like that? Kendra, can you confirm Who's, that? Who's... Hold on, what... It, so, his girlfriend before Chloe was pregnant with... Like, eight months pregnant with his child when he started dating Chloe. So, technically, there was, like, a little bit of, like, a month crossover. I don't really know a lot about the Kardashians. I only know, like, what the basketball side of things yeah, is. Yeah, I'm yeah. a sports person. But <laughs> I do know that. And Kendall Jenner had Blake Griffin. He sucked after that. Ben Simmons oh hasn't been God. the same. Where's Chris Humphreys? Uh, Where's oh, Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys is the Chris, ultimate example. No denying that. But Chris Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin has had been a career. An he had a career year last year. He's oh, I thought you were... T- okay, okay. Let me rephrase. Right, so, I... I, 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 I might have to buy in this Kardashian... I, I might have to buy that, into like, the curse. It's like you date them and then it's over. Done. But it's like when you're dating is what you're saying. Yeah, and Ben Simmons and Kendall Jenner confirmed recently back together, and he's not playing too well. Wait, so they when did they break up? Still, like still I'm really jealous of Ben Simmons, but yeah, Ben Ben Simmons. What? What? Kendall? Yeah. You don't like you? Kendall? Are you kidding me? Wait, what? Okay, okay, no, I don't, I don't like Kendall. I think she's kind of an, I, I can't, I can't really say what I want to say on not serious, but I'm, I'm not a Kendall Jenner fan, but Ben Simmons isn't playing as well as I thought he would, and they're back together. All I'm throwing out there is if the Kardashians are dating somebody, they're probably not playing too well, and I think that Ben Simmons is messing up the vibe over in Philly. I mean, I could buy into this Kardashian curse, but... Also, not to be a Ben Simmons supporter, but I mean, he's that's hit two threes this year. Yeah. So I don't wow. know. So I don't, Think about what you will. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, there's got to be something to say whatever. That. I mean, so she's teaching him three-point shots now? So, I'll bet she can shoot a little bit. Why not? <laughs> about you? Yeah. Yeah, she's she tall, probably, exactly. Yeah. She could probably, she's probably teaching him how to shoot, you know. From she's like, you know? she's like, got to tuck your you elbow, you know. You only use yeah. one hand here, Ben. You, we, you, don't, you don't use two. Can we go back to Chris Humphreys then? Like, what happened? Oh, my God. You, like, what is the show turning into? Celtics the OG. legend. You gotta reach a broader audience, you know. This is this is what I always tell people when boys are like, "Oh, my girlfriend won't watch sports with me." You gotta put it in terms right. that they understand. No, this is you good. Know what I this mean? is good. If, if we need you, this dynamic. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying. Is like, how can you expect a girl who didn't grow up in an athletics involved household to just all of a sudden know what you're upset about when you're watching football or what you're cheering for or what's going on? How is she supposed to know who's on offense, where the quarterback is, who lines up where? If you're not explaining it to her, you're just getting mad that she doesn't understand what's going on. Take her to a game. Tell her what's going on. Tell her where people are. That's mix pop culture and sports together. Wait, so is this? Like, good advice, like, talking Kardashian curse? Like, is that Yeah, because it immediate? gets the lady listeners involved, you know? Really? If guys are in the car listening to this with their girlfriends right now, they're probably like, ooh, Kardashians, what? And the guy's like, all right, well, maybe I can listen to sports with my girlfriend now. Huh. It's great advice because it goes both ways. I mean, think about this. How often, how much attention do you pay to, like, TMZ, for example? Like, Little to none. I pay, yeah, to none. I pay no yeah. attention to TMZ. So I think it's. And all I'm fake. only general. I'm, 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 being, I'm really generalizing right now because I don't know a lot about it. That said, the like the only times that I'll see like a TMZ article or a video is when it's involving somebody in sports. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes both ways. Where it's like if there's a story with I don't know like Giselle or something like that. It's a it's a natural it's a natural entry, I guess. Giselle Giselle easy. Yeah, you know, if if you let her watch a football game with you, you gotta let you got you gotta watch some HBO or I don't know what chicks watch. Wasn't 
Wait, one of the Kardashians did Lamar Odom. Yeah, right. I was, was going to bring him up, but I, they were married. Oh, like I remember that. I saw years. that. I saw that on MTV. Yeah, but see? See, it's real, guys. My conspiracy theories aren't all BS. So they're not going... So maybe one of them will date Giannis, and then we're... I guess we're good. I don't think that's okay, conspiracy, though. Or, or Chris Milton. Like I don't know. One of those that's two. I guess that's... I, I guess theory. that's our... Uh, yo, that's that's our road to the NBA Finals at this point. Just yeah. cross our fingers. Hope Giannis or Milton... Uh, no. Date. All right, yeah, so Kylie. Oh, yeah, because Kylie just well, broke up with uh, let's, Travis. Let's try so. and set up Kylie with, like, Giannis. With Giannis or, uh, or Giannis or something like that, yeah. They're probably listening. I could sure. see Kylie and I'm them sure. together. Why not? Yeah. It's a good combo. They're both, they both talk a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they're definitely, yeah, they're perfect they, together. They both like, have big personalities. <laughs> yeah, they're perfect together, but, uh, no, I don't know what else to say about that, but, just, I don't know, this is a good like aspect. involved, you no, know? No, this is big. This is big. So, so boys no, that are listening, if you need, like, dating advice, your girlfriend won't sit down on the couch and watch some games with you, hit me up back under Middleton on the internet. All right. Now, now we got a totally different aspect here. This yeah. is what we need from Wild Chats. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what we got, all right? So, let's go. Let's freaking do this thing. All right. <laughs> uh, so, on that note, Celtics players stay away from the Kardashians. Chris Humphreys, he was a Celtic for like two weeks. Jalen Brown sliding Kylie's DM. No, no, chill, <laughs> chill with that, chill with that. You guys can actually no, that. do that so I can tell Sam we were right about that contract because two weeks yeah, ago, actually. two weeks ago. All right, so you weren't here th- for this, but so Jalen Brown got a go massive down. contract, overly generous from Danny Ainge and the Celtics. Correct. Four four years, one hundred twenty million. Um, for a guy that who averaged 13 points last year, I believe, um, and you know me, to me, me and Sean had this debate with Sam, and I had the pleasure of talking about it on TNH Hoopcats. I got to basically say, "Listen, Jalen Brown is playing good so far. Mm-hmm. He's proving like he's earn, earning the money, right? Yep, but." Is he is he locked in? Is he locked in like my boy Lockett from Denver Broncos or whatever? Lock, I don't even know what you're talking about. Lock. You said the guy from. Oh, is he locked in? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like that. locked in yeah. on Jalen Brown? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Tyler Lockett. No, for no, a second. no. I was like, huh? No, no, no. But like, I don't know, man. I'm way more locked in on Jalen Brown than I am Drew Locke. Explain. Explain. Explain um, long term. What what happened the other two years with Jalen Brown? Why oh, I can explain. Why isn't he fully. showing? Why isn't he showing up two years ago? It's because he's got to develop. I, I mean, that contract was so premature. What, what do Sorry. young What do young players do? They develop. They make mistakes too. They make mistakes in their young career too. Yeah. There's no denying that. Jalen Brown, still young. He's 23. He just turned 23 46 days ago. Yep. He's got a ways to go, and the fact yeah, he that does. he's here as a 23 year old. 23. 23, yeah. 23 years old, averaging 20 points per game, 7 rebounds, playing lockdown defense, shooting 50% from the field, shooting 38% from three as a 23-year-old. So that means that when this contract's up, he'll only be 27, so he'll still be young. And you got to give him a bigger contract. And he'll be in his prime, and then you give him more money. Who said just... are you on here? I was up. I'll be deserving Come on, of it. bro. You're supposed to help me out here. Come well, on. Well, no, I, I, Kevin. Well, I, you're you're 
you're just you're just simply wrong on this argument because <laughs> you're trying to say that one of the best players in basketball who just got a new contract, which is going to look like one of the better contracts. Right, in a one of the years. best players in basketball right now is averaging eleven point nine points throughout his entire career. What are you missing? Like what 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 hold more on, do I on. need to explain to you? Hold on, it's hold taken on. him time to develop, me, and now he's blossoming. Let me let me. And they caught his blossom. Let me try to get through to Kevin here real quick. Kevin, I'm on your side, okay? I, di- I didn't like the contract when it came out because four years, $115 million, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to ask for Jalen Brown, who's only been a role player here. Yeah, he has. You can't like, you deny can't, he's only been a role player you here. You can't deny. He has. He has. But I have to. No, he's no, no, good. No, no, he's the good. whole problem is that he was a role player. No, no, I, did I, you guys not see that? They put him into a position where he wasn't a they did not put him in a position. Yes, with Kyrie and Jason They put him Tatum, in a position where he was a literally a spot up shooter, a three and D player. That's not his game. He puts the ball on the floor and he attacks the basket. He's best in stride. He's best having control of the ball. He's best being able to, you know, back somebody down and do his beautiful post moves. Which I don't know if anybody saw that one yet against the Nets a couple nights ago. It's unbelievable. Yeah, because that's like. That's like saying that. I'm, but let's say, I'm, let's go the other way for, that said, for a second. Let's go the that's, other way for one you second. You did not earn that contract. That's oh all. Oh my god! It, it's going into this. Con- it's called predicting the future. Well, you well, obviously didn't like got. that when we were it's talking about goals. No, Danny Ainge knew that they weren't using him in the right way when they had Irving on the floor because Irving. We don't need to get into the distinct details of that, but he had his way of playing, which was the ball needs to be in his hands all the time, and when you have a player like that. That means that the rest of the guys in your team are relegated to being really just spot-up shooters and cutters, and that's really the extent of it. It's not that I don't think Jalen Brown is talented, and like he definitely is, has a ceiling. He's proving it right now that he's an all-star. But I, in the beginning of this year, you cannot argue that that contract was a little bit premature. Like you one hundred percent was, and I know it was on, premature. It, I know it's not an NBA thing to put it. Kendra, in, what, what are your to, thoughts to on make, this? To make yeah. a, I know it's. I'm on, getting nauseous. I, I know it's not an NBA thing to make a bridge contract because it's the NBA and they're all about the show and all about their money. But honestly, like let's let's transfer it over. I know you might not um, not not uh, follow me real quick here, but pa- David Pasternak, the league's leading scorer for the NHL signed a bridge contract for two years before exploding on the scene. And now that his two years are probably going to be up, he's going to probably sign one of the biggest contracts in the NHL. Why couldn't Jalen Brown do that? What would you rather have? Okay. A four-year deal worth $113 million. That's one of... That, that's, a, that's a big deal. Okay. So you either have that, or you have your bridge contract where he explodes at the, at the back end of the bridge contract, mm-hmm. then he's worth $150 million. Yep. What, what's, what? What's so wrong about that? It's the fact that you could have had him locked up for four years. But then... Those, and be but, spending less money on him annually. I mean... Then you have those two extra years where he's even better, and you have more room to sign other guys. That, that's if he that's if he keeps up on this upward trajectory. T- t- Thank you. I have PTSD from the Jaguars, so I'm not a huge fan of longer deals because I'm not a fan of what-ifs. I mean... Yeah. Thank you. No, it doesn't matter. Athletics are athletics. Contracts too. are contracts. Uh, money is you. money. What do you mean? What? For those you of you that don't sh- know, Sam and I are sharing your money. <laughs> we are, we are having some football technical football. difficulties with microphone, but 
Football is the most injury-prone sport. Well, in terms of like career-ending injuries and whatnot. Well, no, nothing's really career-ending anymore. But that's not because of injury. That's because of the amount of talent out there. The, the expectancy of NBA players is shorter because of their height and size and the impact that it has on their knees. Their expectancy is almost half what NFL players are. I just don't believe that statistic because you look at why don't you believe it? You look at the NFL roster. Yeah, I can look. All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, but regardless, you look at the NFL rosters compared to NBA rosters and the continuity. It's pretty, pretty simple. What do you mean? It's pretty simple. I mean, like you look at the Patriots wide receiving core, for example. Mm -hmm. um, Julian Edelman's the only one who's been here for however, like more than three years, right? He, he said he said wide receiver. Oh, I said the yeah. wide receiving core, but the defense. You're right. I mean, like you've had high tower for a while. The defense McCourty, has practically been Jason McCourty's been in the league for a long time. It's fair. Chung's Chung's been can here. Can you can you name people in the NBA that are as old or who have played as long as half the players in the NFL? Look no. look at how long these guys stick around. The only people that don't really stick around in the NFL are people like running backs who mm-hmm. get hit constantly every single play running backs have like a lifespan in the nfl and in the nfl like seven years and then like it's just it's just not like nba players don't last as long that's it's just how it is well i will say running backs are a total outlier so i don't even want to include them in this conversation but regardless like good basketball players stick around for longer than good football players unless it's like a quarterback for example i don't know though well i'm just like i'm I'm struggling to think of like players off the top of my head and like either going either way but put it this way right say jalen brown continues what he's doing right because this is this is the main debate here is did Jalen Brown deserve that four-year, $120 million contract without really reaching his fullest potential yet, right? It was a gamble. Um, say he say he goes back down to 10 to 12 points a game, right, for the next year. He's averaging. Yeah. He averages. Say he has a down aver- year next he, year. He averages 13 points for a whole year, right? Which is honestly quite possible. That's a that that could happen. Honestly, where where, where is back. your stance on Jalen Brown at that point? Is he still worth 120 million dollars even after that year? Like five years, four years is is plenty of time to develop in the league. He's been here since 2016. He came in as a 19 year old. So did Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of and Giannis butted like four years in. Jalen Brown's doing the same thing. Okay. I miss, I'll be honest, I was kind of I was reading something, so I missed part of your question. So. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, Jalen Brown, I, I said this, if Jalen Brown is averaging 13 points one year from today. Okay. Right? That's not going to happen, but all right. Quite possible. It's not possible? Unless it, he plays his career average is unless he plays one game. Oh, you're missing Kevin. You're just, like, not listening. <laughs> I swear, I swear. I, no, dude. I understand. You're talking about Kyrie it's the Kyrie Celtics versus the Kemba Celtics. You're talking about Jalen Brown going from a spot up shooter to a player who can put the ball on the floor and do his own thing. No, they're not. Com- or, in the, I'll give you the mic. They are, are comparable in a. Are, are Kemba sense. and Kyrie really comparable? Because you're. I don't think it's Kemba's team right now. It was Kyrie's team from the minute he got there. 
It's not. It's not the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's not but, Kemba's team. It's Kemba's. Well, it, it is Kemba's team, but it's also Jason Tatum's team, and it's also Jalen Brown's team. It's also Marcus Sparks' team. It's also Brad Stevens' team. It's also Daniel Tice's team. Yeah, for the sake of it, easy. not as much, but a little bit, because he's kind of the anchor on defense, um, next to Smart. But regardless, Kyrie Irving is the most egotistical player, or among the most egotistical players in basketball, and he's the kind of guy who just, as we said, he demands the ball. He demands being able to dribble around and look like the he's, superstar ball handler. It's the show. It's a show. Exactly. Sam, I Kemba just Walker's don't understand. How you were so winner. confident yeah. going into this year about giving Brown the contract. The, the debate isn't Jalen Brown isn't going to be an all-star. He's not that good. It's just the question I had was looking back at how can you be so confident? My, my point in all of this is that clearly in the last few seasons, the Celtics have not made the best roster or monetary bets and I think it's a little premature to give him a contract that big. Yep. That, uh, yeah. That's that's basically my point, too. It, it, I thought it was a little too early, and it was a lot of money. I thought it sh- personally should have like, been maybe you three give years, Jason like Tatum. $90 million. You gave Kemba Walker a big contract. You're trying to give Jason Tatum a big contract. Yeah, he's next. Yeah, Can he's... they afford? It's too many people, it's man. It's not, though. It is. But it's not. Yeah, the NBA has a lot of room, and they... they they can maneuver the cap pretty easily. Jason Tatum. And also, you got Marcus Smart on a team friendly contract. You have Daniel Tice deal. playing for next to nothing. Brad Wanamaker playing next for nothing. But Gordon Hayward. Yeah, yeah, a lot so of guys have Gordon Hayward. You're going to have Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Hayward's contracts up after this next season. You're going to have Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown. And you're still going to have Tatum's not going to have a big contract. When, well, Jason Tatum's not going to have a big contract while Hayward does. We know that, at least. Why? I disagree because I think that Gordon Hayward's going to be put in a similar situation to Tom Brady in the next coming years. Mm-hmm. His contract's up after what next year? Yep. So if he, if they, let's say they make a really strong run at a title this year, and the team is really similar the year after, I think he'll take enough. He'll take less money to stick around and be on a team that he likes, not move his family. His wife just had another baby, and to get another shot at a ring. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, and that, I, but that's I, taking less money. I can totally see him taking less money. So that's money. supporting my argument. Right? Sure. Yeah, wait. I'm just why? saying... Well, Kevin is, like, going against everything I'm saying right now, so I don't know. I just feel, I just, I'm just feeling attacked, because everyone knows that I'm right, nobody wants to admit it, <laughs> that Jalen Brown is a great contract, and he's going to be a great player, he's going to be a perennial all-star All right, in years to come. I'll give, you, I'll give you this. If he continues to play the way he's playing, it's probably going to be a good deal, Okay. And it and if if you ever wanted to trade him, it's a good it's a reasonable contract where you're able to trade him. Okay. Thank but you for realizing. Realizing. I've realized it the whole time. It's still it's still not it's still you still don't give it to him right now. You he he hadn't done anything. You don't my argument is Yeah. You guys just don't understand the concept of I, I don't like the NBA. Sam, and listen, Sam, would you give thirty million dollars to a player listen who to averaged eleven point nine points? Listen to me. Eleven nine. You guys, you, if you guys were general managers, you know what you guys would be doing? You guys would be the general managers who pay players for what they've done in the past, which has proven to not work in literally every sport. 
or right. you can overpay players like guys, Nicholas Batum guys, in Charlotte, guys, and look what he's doing. Well, Everyone yeah, thought he was going to be the next big Kevin, thing. based off your logic, you would have given Frank out Kaminsky. that contract. Yeah, you would have he's given working out great, the Jacoby yeah. Ellsbury contract. Those are Kevin Larney contracts right there. No, yeah, Frank Kaminsky. You would have, but but Jaylen then, Brown but then, contract. but then if. But then if you want to do that, then, then, yeah. you're, then you're signing Evan Turner to the contract he got signed to. Kaminsky got a huge contract from Charlotte, and now he's in Phoenix because he was like, a bust. You just, like, Jalen Brown, obviously, he's good. But yeah, Frank, Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky is an unathletic big who can't really shoot as well as people thought he would be able to. What about Nicholas Batum? How Nicholas can you Batum? that? can't explain that. He just fell off. I don't know what the deal is with so that. So how do you I know don't... that's not going to happen with Jalen Brown? Yeah. Oh, my God, because well, Jalen Brown signed this contract at 23 going into his prime. Nicholas Batum signed that contract I'll, at, like, I'll, 28. I'll bring up another Celtics player that you guys overpaid. Kelly Olynyk. Yep. I'm the biggest Kelly Olynyk supporter, so if you I want actually, to argue, let's keep going on it. He's a bust. Why didn't oh, they keep him? Oh, he's not a bust. Why didn't they keep right. him? Oh, why did Wait, I'm sorry. I, I actually... Didn't hear you said. Yeah, because he I, wasn't. Because the Celtics weren't going to give him that kind of money. Because the good the Heat offered him more than the Celtics needed to give him. Good. I I'm wanted. Actually, the, I want. I personally wanted the Celtics to keep Olenek. I actually liked Olenek at the same time. Too. That's kind of actually. like a personal ties thing. But regardless, I think Kelly Olenek's worth a hundred million. No, I'm joking. He's not worth a hundred million dollars. He's a nectar. I understand. I understand why people don't like Kelly Olenek. He's just like a personal favorite of mine. I just love his game. I think he's really I, fun I, to watch, so I'll leave it at that with Olenek. I actually, like, <laughs> I so like Kelly Olenek, too. But you're saying if you're a GM, <laughs> you would have paid Kelly Olenek that much money because you like the kid? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, we got to send them, back and forth. There's a reason I'm not a GM, first of all. <laughs> you're, you're attacking me, you like, Kevin Lardy something. That's only because that's if, a there's, a Kelly now, Olenek, if there, there's a Kelly Olenek decision... I mean, I just love the dude's game, oh. and honestly, I could find a way. I could find a way to make <laughs> yeah, that's it work. That's not a GM move, you're, bro. You're asking you're us to look at GM everything moves. objectively. No, no, you got to do it. I just think Kelly Olynyk's like a dude. Kelly Olynyk's like a, it's a different type of thing when you're talking about Kelly Olynyk and me because he's just like I love Kelly Olynyk the way smart. I love Paul Pierce, the way I love Marcus Smart. Oh. I don't. I look past the money with players like that because they're just my personal favorites, and I let my emotion get in the way. Maybe perhaps then, with Jalen Brown as well. Then you can't tell other people to take GM moves into consideration when you're emotionally attached to players. Three players. Three? Yeah. I, okay. Well, you didn't even. I didn't even know that you had. Um, I was about to say something inappropriate for the radio. I, it, it, you have a crush on the guy. That, that that's that's all it is. I mean, crush. man crush, man crush all you want, but that's that's not a monetary move. Today's Monday, Man Crush Monday, Kelly Olenek, Marcus Smart, Paul Pierce, all day. Regardless. Paul Pierce is he's my a favorite goat. player he's ever. A he's a goat. Exactly. Category. That's a goat. pretty funny. That's my, my man Wait, crush on Paul again? Pierce. Wait. My man crush on Paul Pierce is not based on looks. Wait, give, give uh, is, Kendra Is that. it just me or does Paul Pierce look like Ratatouille? <laughs> like just the straight up, like the rat from Disney? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm, I'm going to pull up Paul Pierce's picture. Up. We should put up a poll. I'm going to post that. Yeah, on can we put up a poll? Uh, Paul, he totally looks like Ratatouille. Come on. Pierce and Ratatouille. Put, put up a zoomed-in selfie, people. Go vote. I'm, I'm going to post that tonight. I'm going to have a poll, and I'm going to put Paul Pierce right next to Ratatouille. 
That's a funny comparison. That's a funny comparison. Uh, you guys can't compare my Jalen Brown take to my Kelly Olenek take. Different planets. Different planets. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm offended a lot. Okay, we can't compare football right. contracts and basketball contracts. We can't compare the lifespan of football players and basketball players, but we can't compare the monetary value of two players that were overpaid within the same organization. Oh my, <laughs> my communication major is coming out, boys. <laughs> I'm man enough to admit Kelly Olynyk's overpaid. Yeah, I'm man enough to admit that. But Jalen Brown's not overpaid. Jalen Brown is well worth the money. Right. Kelly Olynyk. if I were paying him, I'd be paying him a lot of money. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Looking at it from a realist perspective, he's probably worth like three years, like $25 million or something well, like that. Max. Well, the NBA, NBA contracts are ridiculous anyway. Yeah, they're all so. inflated. Well, yeah, that that's also why I... I guess I don't probably like the Jalen Brown contract because it's all inflated in the NBA, but whatever. Frank Kaminsky's three-year $18 million. I think that they should be making about the same. It's not bad. That, that being said, it's taken us... It's quite a show today. It was awesome. I liked it. It was great. Some good talk. Uh, we're going to get into final thoughts. So basically, you just go around talk about something maybe in the show today that stood out or something that we didn't talk about um any hot takes so whoever has something dying to say i'll go for it i'll take it first so uh my my boston bruins are 24 and 6 right now they're on a two-game skid um they have not looked that great in the past two games but if you're looking at it from an outsider standpoint they're eight one and one in their past 10 games so it's really not that bad um patrice bergeron back healthy tonight against the ottawa ottawa senators the bruins are down one nothing right now to the senators with about nine minutes left in the first period so we'll see if they get back at that one my hot take, I'm still going to take the Dolphins beating the Patriots that's, at home. That's bold. That's and bold. Oh. I would like to say happy holidays to everyone, despite what you celebrate. I hope everyone has a happy and safe holidays with all their travels. And I'll see you guys next year. Let's go. My final thoughts, Celtics. <laughs> Here we go. No, this isn't even a hot take. It's just... It doesn't even hold up. <laughs> yeah, actually, what can we? Uh, maybe I There's got a tear in my eye right now, but it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, no. I'm going to talk some red claws right now if I can. Oh, that's okay. not going to offend anybody. Nope, you're good. Tremont Waters, player, G League Player of the Month. This no, dude he's great. is balling yeah. out. The rookie from Connecticut um, played at LSU. 22 points per game, eight assists, two steals, shooting 45% from the field. Just one player of the week again. The dude's balling out. And in his one game he had when he came up to play with the Celtics, was really good in 20 minutes, scoring, I think, seven points and a couple assists. Yeah. Just overall good plus minus. So, Tremont Waters, good reason to have confidence in him. Carson Edwards, someone's coming for, for your job. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so, I just want to say, um, just a bit of my prayers go out to the Pete, Fre Pete Freights and his family. Um, BC baseball legend just passed away today. Um basically inspired the ALS um, Ice Bucket Challenge as well. So, prayers to, to his family through this time. A huge inspiration in this Boston area. Um, but, what a good semester it has been for Wild Chats. Uh, as we're just about to wrap it up here. Hope everyone has a great break. 
whatever you may celebrate as watching more football, watching more uh, Celtics, of course. But uh, it's been a pleasure this semester, and I'm excited for next semester as well, boys So uh, and girls. And, uh, yeah, super pumped. So thanks again for tuning in to 91.3 FM, WUNH Durham. Uh, have a good night. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody and the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Kostek. Shuma Gavin in the house. Shoe nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. The follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.